welcome to the Property Portfolio Podcast with Mark Stokes and Nigel Green. Every week we inspire and guide you towards success in the world of property development, mentorship and fundraising. Before we jump into today's episode, a reminder to join us at equacademy.co.uk where you can gain free access to hundreds of videos and templates to help you on your property development journey. Well, a very warm welcome to the next episode of Property Portfolio. And a very good morning, Nigel. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you, Mark. And how's yourself? Yeah, all good and excited for for this week's episode. And we're actually returning to uh, an episode that we did uh, about six months ago, which is the role of the monitoring surveyor, a really important role. And we had such great feedback that we've decided to to go a bit deeper on that this this time. So uh, really looking forward to to really diving deep into the role of the monitoring surveyor. Absolutely, and you know, in the last episode, Mark, we we dealt with the uh, the valuation process, didn't we? And and gosh, everybody knows that the valuation is so important, isn't it? To to look through the eyes of that that counterparty. Um, essentially, that's the party that leads you through to get into the start line, essentially, of a development. But the monitoring surveyor is equally as important. And, you know, it's bringing the, those two roles really right up to the fore and and just get a, a full appreciation of uh, the importance of those two those two reports, you know, to, to getting you to the start line. It's hugely important. Exactly. And it, we keep reiterating, don't we, that this is about protecting your, your capital. That's seed capital that you're putting in, everything's at risk until you get to exchange of contracts. So any search fees that you're paying, any legal fees, the valuation itself, we, we want to be assured outcomes. So those two words, you remember those two words, our regular regular listeners, you know, simulate and anticipate. And that's what the IDA and, uh, and other systems that we have um, that's what they're designed to do, and that's what we're really passionate about sharing with with you guys. Um, you know, all the time, every uh, every week, um, through this podcast, and and then through our mentorship groups as well. You know, those who are really passionate about making a a difference, um, challenging themselves, putting themselves out of their comfort zone. You know, but not without a guide, not without that that support. So, uh, yeah, that's a, a really uh, fascinating subject for us this week. And, uh, well, it, Nigel, it's already been a fascinating week this week because um, I've actually stepped into the world of electric vehicles for the first time mm. in my life. So uh, that's something both of us have been looking into, isn't it? Mm, it is. And it's, you know, it's, it is a great step as well. And I think it's an inevitability, isn't it, you know, going forward? Um, so, you know, to get in there, now I think is a is a great move, and um, you know there's obviously certain tax advantages as well. You know, um, getting the vehicle through the company, and and there is a little bit of a window actually, isn't there at the moment, which is going to close slightly on us. But um, yeah, well done. Jump, we yeah. jumped in there and got the advantage, so it's great. How's it going? Oh, it's amazing. So for those of you that uh, probably haven't seen seen it on uh, on social media. Um, I got a Mercedes EQC, um, which is an all-electric vehicle. Um, Nigel and I, we've, we've been discussing this for quite a few years, and we've been involved in renewable energy and having four children each, you know, sustainability and looking after the, 
the planet and the planet's um, natural capital and natural resources has been a, a huge passion of ours for for several decades. It's all part of that creating shared value and and environmental and social governance. Um, but the technology has to be there at the right time. And we felt now that with battery technology and, and uh, the longer range, um, and, uh, and obviously the government stimulus as well. You mentioned tax breaks, tax efficiency, zero mm-hmm. percent benefit in kind, and securing the vehicle before the end of March. Um, so that was the right time. So um, we're also very passionate about uh, uh, preserving all of our after-tax uh, capital, our after-tax wealth. Um, so if it's being, t- if, obviously we, we only want to pay the uh, the amount of tax we, we absolutely need to. So if we've paid tax, we don't want to touch that money. That's the, that's the mantra if we can possibly help it. So we're looking to um, you know, put the cost where the uh, where the benefit is, and that's in the company. So um, this is a business lease. Um, so very tax efficient, very capital efficient. I'll be selling my car. Um, we also researched as well things like the uh, the, the charging points, um, our movement patterns. And also, uh, how we acquire uh, and purchase um, our own energy, uh, electrical energy, um, at home. You know, so uh, we're going through a bit of a renewables program at the moment on our on our houses to look into solar PV, solar thermal, air source heat pumps, and really building that that bigger picture. And, and that's uh, that, that's important. That completes the picture, doesn't it? There's no point in having an all electric vehicle if you're putting dirty power into it. No, no, I, I totally agree. And and we're in terms of um, our personal locations, we're a little bit remote, aren't we? So, you know, um, I think just having that, I think the battery technology as well from, you know, solar photovoltaic panels, um, you know, is is a great solution and uh, kind of just deals with, I mean, it was only last week, I think we had a power cut and uh, just deals with that kind of um, just smoothing the way really and just having that reserve back up there would you know solve quite a few problems i think yeah. so yeah but really good excited and um you get a great app um and you, you know you can do the climate control and sat nav and everything from in, indoors it's uh, it's amazing Clever. it's a really interesting app though in our research that uh, our listeners might want to have a look at nothing to do with property this um it's called grid carbon um grid carbon and if you click on the grid carbon app um, it'll tell you at that point in time what the, uh, the 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 grid percentage is, the carbon usage of the UK's energy system, and that's that's not on my background. Um, and it, it tells you, I mean, right now, forty two point six percent of all UK energy is through gas. Wind is twenty four percent, nuclear thirteen point five percent, and it won't surprise you that solar is only two point five percent. Clearly, that's going to change by midday. Um, but it, it just it just shows you how that shift in energy balance is is moving. So, yeah, exciting stuff, Nigel. And it's now on full charge because I haven't got the speedy power charger yet. So it took about a day and a half to charge it. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Right. Okay. So busy weeks as always. Lots of property transactions. I think you're seeing the market moving as well. Um, a yeah. lot of positivity out there in the market. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's quite interesting to see the the shift and 
you know, as long as you've got, you know, you followed the due process and you've got your methodology in, in place and you're creating those relationships with part, the parties that can serve you essentially in bringing great deals off market, ideally, um, you know, I, I'm certainly seeing, you know, that inbox is filling up quite rapidly and almost to a point of uh, struggling to keep up, really. So, that, I mean, that's 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 unique. I haven't seen that before in the last five, six years. Um, so, you know, it, it probably is a, fo- a bit of fallout, you know, from 2020 and obviously the times that we're currently in. But, um, you know, I think people are just having um, uh, new thoughts on maybe how they, they push their business forward. Do they need this big old lump of a building or can they transition that into something smaller and maybe more homeworking? Um, and obviously there is adversity as well. You know, people need to sell fairly quickly. Totally get that. And um so opportunity is really out there and, you know, and also I'm seeing that the aspirational prices that we, we saw probably towards the end of 2019 and, and uh, you know, a part of 2020 are starting to soften a little bit. So what, what's happening is when we're analysing the opportunity, we're, we're finding, this is not in all cases, but, but certainly in some cases, we're finding that we're getting closer to that that asking price, you know, which is which is great, which enables that transaction to happen. And you know, let, let's face it, you know, we see we see some of our mentees, you know, that's kind of deals that they're securing, and you know, one is life changing. So it's you know, the, the objective is to get to that first one, isn't it? You know, and that could be kind of it. Yeah. Um, but you know, we see our mentees continue on, and uh, in some cases, four, five, six deals at the moment. So each, yeah. you know, so it's really, really impressive. But yeah, so I think. I think from what I'm seeing, and you know, we only talk when we've got evidence, and I think the evidence is suggesting to us that uh, the market is quite buoyant. Uh, the opportunities are out there if you if you use the you know the ground methodology to to get that relationship with all of those commercial agents or whoever it is that can serve you in your particular search areas. Um, it is there, and um, you know. We just got to tap into it, and it's it, there's a window of opportunity, and yeah. uh, you know we're certainly seeing that that coming through, which is which is great. And I, I'm I'm seeing that as well with um, private investors, and that, I guess this is really relevant because you know as we're working with our mentees, the the two biggest challenges that most people have are I need to find the deals, and I need to find the the balance of funds that the bank won't finance. Um, although we work with them in lots of lots of other areas, they're the two issues. If you can find deals and you can find private capital, um, Nigel runs our land and acquisition team, and I run our investor relations program in in Equa. Um, and I've seen a, a market increase in um, private investors now looking to place their funds. There's certainly been a, a, a hesitancy, a reticence. Um, probably in mid to, to the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. It didn't stop when COVID struck and the lockdown. I think it, it, it did kind of fade away reasonably gradually, but it's taken a while for, for parties. I guess you can only, you can only sit on your cash for so long. And, and we know that as investors ourselves, we invest in businesses uh, and in, in, in property. And we've obviously got our own uh, SAS pension as well. And, um, you know, there, there isn't necessarily an urgency to deploy capital, but there will be over time, um, as long as you understand what your strategy is. And, and I'm starting to see investors now 
Uh, I don't think they're waking up. It's not a case of that. There's always been that urgency there. Um, but they're now seeing that the market conditions starting to open up. Mm. You know, I guess springs in the air. The economy's uh, vibrant. The property economy is extremely vibrant. We've got lockdown easing, and that that tempered pressure of, of having funds probably sat in cash for, for quite some time. Uh, equally, having funds tied up on projects which have probably taken a, a, a while, an extended while, to to release those capital. Mm. Um, but I'm also seeing some other other trends. Um, I'm seeing people uh, looking for two things um, in particular: um, more patient. We call it patient capital. Parties who are not looking for necessarily a 12, 18, or 20-month um, short-term return. They're probably looking for more patient returns. So uh, an annualized coupon, an annual interest over maybe two or even three years. I'm starting to see a, a wider range, particularly from SaaS trustees who are maybe looking for a, a very low level of, uh, of involvement Um but just don't want that that churn of after 15 months I get my money back and it's going to take me three or four months to deploy it again. Um, so so that's a, a trend. And um, a, a big increase in popularity uh, for our EQUA Earn and Learn programme where people come through onto the mentorship. It's, it's a different way of funding. So we'll mentor them for a year and they they loan into to the business on a securitised basis. Um, so they've been two very popular things um, that have really piqued the investor interest um, over the last uh, last probably probably since uh, January, end of January, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So some really interesting interesting points there. Mm. So the role of the monitoring surveyor, um, not one that's uh, not a role that's um, high profile in in many people's uh, books, as you say. It, it kind of sits in the shadows um, of the of the the valuer, the RICS Red Book valuer. Yeah. But we come across the we come across the monitoring surveyor a whole lot more regularly than the valuer. The valuer really is is a one off at the front end, but we see the monitoring surveyor very regularly at the front end, all the way through to the back end, don't we? We, we do, we do. I, I think if we just just reflect on the role of the valuer, because that's relevant to the monitoring surveyor. So, you know, the valuer will look at, as we, we mentioned last week, you know, that he'll look at um, value, you know, in terms of gross development value, you know, what the, uh, <coughs> what the development once finished will be worth, you know, when he's, if he could sell it all, you know, what, what's the value there? And we'll, you know, He'll look at the costs, absolutely. And he'll look at the costs from a point of view of more percentages, maybe on on uh, on the purchase price or maybe percentages on the, the actual construction budget. And he'll do a fairly, you know, top and tail review um, just to see if, broadly speaking, costs are in line with with GDV and therefore the difference between the two being the profit and so on and so forth. Now, that generally it enables the the lender, the bank, um, to grab that that data and go into credit and you know finalise that that process, and um, and the, the spin off of that really, or the output from that, is that we as developers then get credit backed a credit backed offer, but it it is still subject to, and and one of those things that it's subject to is the monitoring surveyor, 
um, you know, attending sites and just validating those costs. And what, what he's really looking at is, you know, have you got enough money in for your bill contract to do whatever you want to do? Have you got enough budget in there from maybe a professional services perspective and any other costs, you know, maybe picking up things like the local authority fees uh, and those sort of aspects? You know, have you got enough money in there? And, you know, he will physically go to sites and, you know, we we always meet, meet that person, uh, be it he or a she, um, you know, to take them through the scheme so they can, they can get a full understanding of, you know, what the scheme is. And for them to then go away with with all the, the evidence, all the questions that they've raised, uh, that they've been answered, um, to go away into their room and just do a full analysis based upon what they've seen. And, and sometimes, you know, they, well, there's three scenarios. They'll either agree with what you've got in. Um, in some cases, they, and we've had, the, we've had this once. Do you remember, Mark? We actually had the surveyor going, I think you've got too much money in. <laughs> like this, but they will also equally say, "Well, I think it's a bit tight, and you probably need to just have a little, little think about that," you know. Um, and they'll come back obviously with their responses. Um, sometimes they may reflect on the level of contingency that you've put in. So this is around the bill cost and maybe around the professional services uh, budget there. Um, but the c- contingency is very much again related to what the intent is. So if it's, if it's new build, let's say, uh, or versus a conversion project, there may be a, a difference between a 10% for a conversion contingency and a 5% for a new build, let's say. But it also depends on how far you've got with your chosen contractor. Because if you've literally agreed a cost plan with a contractor and you're just ready to go, although you haven't executed the contract, you're ready to go into contract these percentages can adjust accordingly, you know, in terms of contingency. So it's providing that evidence, you know, working hard behind the scenes and really kind of solidifying the risk, if you like, you know, to get it down. And that will be reflected in the QSs or the monitoring surveyors report. Yeah. So, so and that's yeah. Different, um, different levels of, or types of procurement routes as well. They're, they're, they're clearly fascinated with, is it going to be a designer build? Is it going to be traditional? Are they going to be contracts, design portions, and and the timing of when that happens as well? Uh, mm-hmm. and maybe some people are saying, "Well, I don't know my contractor yet. I'm going to go down a formal tender process, and that will all have, happen after legal completion." Um, as long as you've got a clear plan, then that could be fine with the ultimately the bank because it's the bank we're satisfying here, isn't it? Ultimately, mm-hmm. the bank employs the monitoring surveyor, um, but there will be those conditions precedent for the bank putting their money in on the purchase. But that's a very different set of condition precedent for the day one drawdown, isn't it? It's the is. first month drawdown. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely. And you know, just be transparent with the bank. I mean that they they will they will lean heavily on the reports, they'll lean heavily on the valuation, and they'll lean heavily on the monitoring surveys report. So, you know, just just being very transparent with what the intent is, what you intend to do, and and the journey and the progress and the and the, the program of of hitting these key milestones is, is very important to share with with all those parties. So they've got a full understanding, and it, you know it can be noted in the report as well. You know the reasoning behind maybe a percentage, and the you know for instance, um, 
you know, we on on our last evaluation, Mark, um, and then leading on to the monitoring surveys report, there was a view that um, although it was, it was new build, that um, we should have ten percent contingency in there. Ordinarily, for a new build, you know, monitoring surveys are normally happy with five percent, let's say. But the reason it was ten percent was because we were progressing through with a contractor, and we hadn't got to that final cost plan, and we hadn't got to that final contract. But it was in progress. But there was a little note in the report to say that, you know, if if as conditions precedent, Mark, if you just said as part of the contract, you can provide a copy of the contract, you can provide a copy of the signed contract, ultimately, they would be happy to adjust that percentage. So it's a journey, isn't it? It, it really is. And um, I, I met the monitoring surveyor out on, on our new build development of, of nine, nine houses um in surrey uh just for christmas it was um and it was it was very interesting um the response and i think this comes down to confidence as well you know i'm conscious that many people listening might be starting to take their first steps into commercial to residential or land development um or, or maybe wanting to take it to the next level. So confidence is really going to be a key thing. And and to stand in front of a a professional, be it a Rick's Red Book valuer or a monitoring surveyor, which ultimately is, is a quantity surveyor, a, a you know, commercial manager by background, um, is uh, can, can be quite intimidating for, for, for some, but it really shouldn't be. And this is the advantage of having something like the EQUA IDA at your disposal or understanding the mindset of how a a development is put together, how it is sequenced. Mm. And that's how we take you through um, the developments. And that gives you the confidence. You've then you're then armed with all the answers to the questions that are going to be asked. And what better way, rather than you know, you sometimes you feel on the back foot if somebody asks you a question because you then have to respond. What better way of actually giving them a pack that gives them the answers to all the questions? Mm. That I mean, that gains you such a huge amount of credibility. Absolutely. Right. They know what they're talking about. They've already answered, okay, well, I was going to go through my four-page, and it was a four-page checklist, mm-hmm. but 80% of all those items, tick, you've covered that, covered that, covered that, and that all went in advance. So we're giving them the information, giving them the answers to the questions we knew they would ask. That is true empowerment, and you feel in control, and then the last few questions were more, as you say, about about timing. So, um, you know, the whole system is designed to simulate and anticipate, as as we keep saying. Absolutely, you know, and you know, with our development business, Equi Group, you know, we've we're into our what thirteenth, fourteenth development now, and uh, you know, the last five six years, and um, you know, so we've we've met up with quite a number of monitoring surveyors, all asking the questions. And the questions become consistent. They might be they might be uh, asked in a slightly different way, but nonetheless, there's a there's a consistent line of questioning that comes out. And you can only ask so many questions, can't you? At the end of the day, so we what we've done, we've basically lined all these all these questions up into a into a, a sheet. Um, you know, identified the commonality there, which is created, if you like, um, you know, you know our our list. Um, we've created a, a Dropbox structure that follows that list. And indeed, that then reflects onto the Equa IDA. So as we're analysing through, it's not only just 
you know, the, the idea is all about asking questions, you know, is it in terms of cost, is it this, has it got that, has it got the other? And if the answer is yes, no, or not applicable, then fine. But, you know, it's, it's the fact we, if we put a number in there, one, it's jogged down memory, we've looked at it, is it relevant? And there's a decision process. But also that leads then to a Dropbox where we can put the evidence of how we've got to that number in the first place. So just by the nature of analysing a deal, you're naturally creating a, a whole evidence file, be it we use Dropbox, but other systems are available, as you know. Um, but we've got the evidence file, which is anticipating ultimately the questions that are going to be asked, again, across 13, 14 developments. So it becomes very, very quick to respond. And, you know, we kind of use, we, we call it the two-minute test, don't we? And if anybody asks the question, if you can answer it within two minutes by just dropping into your file structure, attaching a document and sending it, you know, that's that's the ultimate test, I, I think, of due diligence of, uh, you know, you've got your evidence there to support the numbers that are in your your development analyzer. Definitely. And and they do they do look for that responsiveness. If it takes you a week to answer, um, then, uh, you know, it, it, you're having to go out and find the information. But there at your fingertips, I think that's a, that's a brilliant point. Um, we quite often think about cost um, and uh, GBV, um, but the monitoring sphere is also really interesting. You mentioned it earlier on, Nigel, in the programme. Yeah. how much time you've allocated. I mean, Nigel and I get uh, get approached by developers all the time who are looking for, for investment. And and there is a quite a similar trait, um, you know, that they're they're just too skinny on the on the the overall development. The builder told me it'd take nine months. So, you know, we're looking for investment for nine months. Well, you know, what about the tendering process? What about the procurement? What about the um, the mobilization all the way through to the, uh, you know, has anybody seen a builder finish on time? Well, quite often there are delays, so we need to be anticipating and mindful of that. And the, uh, the monitoring surveyor is there to protect the bank's interests. They're part of the security package. And that's, that's really fundamental here. Um, and if, if you've asked for 15-month timeline, um, the monitoring surveyor could well suggest um, that uh, the project needs 18 months or 20 months. That will have a, an impact on the, uh, the cost base um, because that will be more funding for longer. Now, you won't necessarily, if you, if you need it for less, you won't actually incur that cost. But uh, in terms of your modelling and the impact that has on investor return on capital employed or, or uh, if you're bringing in uh, debt. Um, so these things can have a, an effect. So they're measuring the profitability, they're measuring cost, and they're also measuring the time they think. So don't forget the programme. Have a... Have a reasonably detailed program, and, and Nigel, you've got a, a, a programming function built into the Equa IDA, so it's all there in one place. So all the answers to the questions are there. Um, really, really fundamental. It is, yeah. And just you know, just thinking about that um, kind of pre pre contract period, really. You know, this is this is the period from, if you like, completing on the purchase of the building. Uh, that. That period of time, um, you know, the reality is until we purchase the building, I mean, there are exceptional circumstances, but generally until you purchase the building, you wouldn't necessarily commit 
to you know many tens of thousands of pounds with the professional team to maybe you know bring the the scheme into detailed design now and obviously until we've got detailed design we can't get into the tendering process you know so we can't uh, attract local contractors onto the tender list to then send them all the detail because the detail just won't be there there is another scenario whereby the um you know the contractors can bid on the basis of a design and build contract so that's subtly different um but nonetheless you still need time to be able to pull together <clears throat> you know the inquiry documents and and if you like an employer's brief of what you're looking for um but they probably would need more time in the tender period so really it's kind of as long as it is short sometimes um but we we, we see you know and it can be into the months so once you get the keys to the site you know, you can be into quite a few months, really, up until the point we can, if you like, start the works on site. You know, having gone to tender, you know, the tender period, maybe mid-bid interviews, all these sorts of things, you know, shortlisting, final interviews and then selection. And then just a period of time to generate the contracts and submit them. That's the key sliding across the table to the contractor. And then they can, you know, take responsibility for for the site and crack on. So in terms of that time scale, then as Mark said, you know, if they say 10, you say 12. If they say 12, you say 14, just give yourself a little bit of a cushion there just to make sure there's a, there's enough time in there to um to manage that process. And you know, if you've got if you've got 12 months, let's say in your in your period uh, for construction. Absolutely, within contracts, be very prescriptive and say it is 10 or it is whatever they've told you it will be. But just give yourself a contingency cushion. You know, contingency we talk about all the time, don't we? You know, both in cost, both in value, but also in time, because time can really impact all of the above. You know, in terms of costs, your your cost of funds can go up, your all these sort of aspects. So so just just be mindful of that. Um, and then let's not forget once they kind of slide multiple keys back to you when the development's finished we've now got to define the exit you know in terms of is it a sell is it a a refinance and hold let's say or is it maybe a combination of the two but nonetheless you need a period of time there Um, and this is all about that period of time is all about the ability to generate the capital to repay the bank Okay, so this is the period that we're looking at. And if your exit is purely sell, um, then clearly we're back in the the residential or commercial markets, aren't we? We're back in the markets nonetheless. So, you know, we have to be fairly cautious, you know, and, and the bank and obviously the monitor and the valuer can can make comments on those periods. But uh, it's, it's important to have enough time in there to, to get yourself out. And, you know, the objectives, the great objectives actually are – if you can, you know, deliver your pre-contract period quicker, if you can deliver your actual contract period, you know, the build period quicker, and you can sell quicker, great news, because all of a sudden you've you've exited the development lot quicker than anticipated. Your costs of funds have come from here down to here, you know, so they've reduced significantly because, you know, you don't pay for what you've paid back, you know, in terms of from an interest point of view. So, so it can be very positive, gives you great targets, you know, in a development and, um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, so from a program point of view, it's quite key, isn't it? It, it is. Um, we, we found a, a lot of interest from the monitoring surveyors when they're analysing the program on the, the conditions of planning, um, making sure that 
there, there is enough time and we're on top of discharging the planning conditions. Because bear in mind, you will not be able to start the development physically unless you've discharged certain conditions. So they have a very active interest. So we have a, a red, amber, green you know, rag status report on things like conditions precedent, um, the things that need to be done before funds flow from the bank. Uh, one of those will be the um, the discharge planning discharge conditions. So we'll keep an active focus on those. Um, they they're particularly focused on some of the other high ticket items, which those new to um, land developments in particular may may not be aware of. Um, uh, the the sill and the section one hundred six uh, costs and maybe affordable homes as well. There are quite significant levies there which need to be built into the into the cost plan. And uh, and of course, let's let's not let's never forget we're not in property; we're in business. And the reason why most businesses um, fail is lack of cash flow. So the timing of when these uh, payments need to be made: sill payments, community infrastructure levy payments, Section One Hundred Six payments, affordable homes. Is it before commencement? Is it? Uh, depending on a certain scale of fees, um, is there some deferral basis? Is it before the uh, units are finished? And the answer is it could be all of those, um, uh, a real combination. So make sure you've got your cash flow. Hence, any development analysis tool you choose to use must have embedded cash flow profiling in. It's not difficult, but without it, it's very difficult to to assess how much private capital you will need because the bank will only fund so much and it's the private investor and, and the cash flow profile that will get you to that accurate number. And again, that's you've embedded that in your your working sheets. Absolutely. And it, it's the big lumps, isn't it? You know, you, you mentioned there the local authority charge, fees and charges and, um, you know, that that's quite a key one. That can be in, in some cases into the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds. Hmm. And it's just understanding the local authority when that payment needs to be made. Is it, is it a kind of soon as you, you know, get the keys for the site, you have to pay it, or is it halfway through, or is it at the end, maybe at the point leading up to building control approval and the actual change of use being implemented on the site? You know, local authorities can be different. So wherever you end up, wherever the music stops in terms of your site. You know, you really need to engage with the officers and just understand all these nitty gritty bits and pieces because, you know, you think, I don't know, let's let's call it two, three hundred thousand pounds community infrastructure levy to be paid. If you're paying up front, then you're paying interest on that amount all the way through that program, all the way to the point that you repay the bank. Now, if that three, two, three hundred thousand pounds and with negotiation with the local authority can be paid a week before building control sign-off. This is kind of nine months, 10 months, 12 months into the future. So you're very, very close and really, really contracting that period of drawing the funds down to the point of paying it back. So clearly the the, the impact is your, your interest payments are going to be significantly less. If you know that being the case, that obviously improves your profit position because your costs are reduced. So it, it's absolutely fundamental understanding cash flow and where the costs will come in. Um, you know, a simulation of, of what the contractor will draw down as well. So you can you can either simulate or you can ask them. 
you know, so when they're going through the tender process, you can ask them for a cash flow forecast, you know, and, and you almost measure the contractors based upon that because that could have a bearing on your cost of funds potentially, which then it doesn't necessarily come down to somebody who wants to, you know, has put a price in for a hundred thousand pounds or 105. Because if the, if the one that's come in at hundred has got a, a, such a absurd cash flow forecast that it puts your cost of funds up by 20,000 pounds, 105 might be the better solution. So it's looking at all these sort of aspects in context. Um, but, you know, from a, from a monitoring surveyor point of view, Mark, we, we not only see them at the, at the outset, you know, when they, they come to site and do their initial report, but we see them all the way through the contract, don't we? We do. Every, every month they're there. And this is probably the part many people do have visibility. That's the kind of the tip of the iceberg. You, you will see them. And, um, and I think it's fair to say, Nigel, you will pay for them as well. Um, for the, for them to grace you with their presence once a month to verify on the bank's behalf the drawdown. Um, if the, if the main contractor, uh, the builder is is looking for a, a drawdown of say a hundred thousand pounds for work done. Somebody needs to independently verify that on behalf of the bank that there is indeed a hundred thousand pounds of work done, and not valuation and materials offsite and, and various things. So, so that is a uh, I mean a very quick canter through um, the role of the the monitoring surveyor. And we're going to be spending a lot more time with you, with many of you, actually. Um, we've now got nearly 60 people uh, booked on to our 13-week intensive program. It's for those, we call it the EQUA Commercial to Residential and Land Development Program, and it's over a 13-week period. And just we'll take a few minutes sharing with you some of the detail and analysis that we're going to be taking um, all of you through. So the structure of the program is um, it, it, it's a weekly program. Uh, each week, we have a certain set number of objectives. So week one, week three, five, seven, nine, 11, and 13, there is a, a three-hour live Zoom call with Nigel and I. So we'll be then delivering specific elements that are very pertinent to you uh, controlling your development program. And then the even numbers, weeks two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, and that's where we have um, have clear actions for you to go away and research and start your your assessments and your developments um, at pace. So uh, week one, we'll be covering strategy, planning, and roadmap. You've got to understand nobody nobody wants came out of the womb looking for property. It's what property gives you. It's the catalyst uh, and understanding what it delivers. It's a vehicle for you. Um, so it's very important you've got that strategic background. In week three, we're going to be discussing finding the deal. How do you find deals? Finding deals is probably, you know, as we said, one of the two big challenges that many people find. So finding the due diligence, the deal analysis, and the acquisition. Week five is how you structure the deals. Structure is something over the last 30 years that Nigel and I have made our passion. And that is where we probably made more money, um, how we structure the deals on the way in, making it tax efficient and the business acumen and the management of risk. And then we're looking week seven, that will be the adding value, the assurance, the outcomes um, that we're, we're designing. 
Uh, week nine, that's where we're looking at all the funding elements. So raising bank finance, what it takes to be fundable and how to raise bank finance, what to expect and anticipate. The raising of private investment, how to understand um, Walker Marlin investors' shoes. If you're looking to raise funds and collaborate with SaaS trustees, high net worth individuals, this is the place to be. This is what we do. We've raised about 23, 24 million over the last four or five years. So walk a mile in our shoes and we'll show you um, the philosophy and the mindset because um, it's something you do need to really grasp and conquer in order to be successful in this strategy. And we'll lead you through very straightforward processes and you'll find you're a lot more familiar um, than you probably think in, in achieving this. And we find people grasp this quite quickly. Um, week 11 will be the design, the tendering, the construction process, uh, the monitoring all the way through, and then the exit. And then week 13 is we've got the business planning, your business plan, the review of what your challenges, what your opportunities, and where you're going to take yourself moving forward, and a very clear action plan. Now, in, on top of this, in week six and week 12, you'll get a personal call with Nigel and myself. We want to get to know you, want to know how the course is working for you, the specific program elements, how you're meeting your objectives, any questions you've got. So you get that personal touch point with either Nigel or myself at week six and week 12. And we're really excited that we're actually going to be able to have a site visit. So you'll all be able to join us on a site visit in week eight, um, and that will be a new build development. So we're, we're, in fact, actually, Nigel, we're going to be showing people around two developments, aren't we? Mm. Two that are side by side. One is a, a nine-house new build development, and the other is a new build commercial development, new build commercial office block that we're building from the ground up so you'll be able to see the various stages that we're at um, in week eight of that site visit. On top of that, we've got all of our trusted advisors. They'll be coming in and delivering very specific workshop and content throughout the course of that 13-week program. Um, so look, lots of case studies. You'll meet many of our, our mentees, um, see some of the amazing things that happened. It's all recorded online as well. And I've put the link in the chat box for those of you um, who are, are listening live. Um, so, yeah, have a look at that. If you want to, um, if you're listening on, on our podcast, uh, Property Portfolio Podcast, the link is bit.ly forward slash EQUA program. That's E-Q-U-A, EQUA program. Um, price is 995 plus VAT, and we start on the 7th of April. So that's uh, literally just a, a few weeks away now. Really excited. Um, and that's going to be a real journey for many people. It's a journey of exploration. And Nigel, yeah. we're, we do buy-to-lets, don't we? But we, we acquire our buy-to-lets on a wholesale basis through commercial to residential and land developments. We sell some, but the majority we hold long-term for that lifelong um, uh, curation and nurturing of, of that legacy for our family. Very, very much so. And that, that's kind of where it all started, wasn't it? You know, we uh, our, our business interests, our, our portfolio interests, et cetera, all, all kind of came back to the point that we wanted to generate and, and own 
substantial portfolios. And we just found along the journey that, you know, picking off one at a time, you know, okay, that, that's effective. And, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But from a commercial conversion point of view or a development perspective, we just found that by doing that, there was a number of benefits. One, uh, we term it portfolio in a, in a box because essentially what you're doing, you're not doing one one buy to let and then you finish that and then you do the next. You're doing it all in one go. So in terms of you, you know the timescale to get to your key objectives, was absolutely drilled into, you know, and it was very, very time efficient. Um, there was scale of economy as well. So, you know, the, the contractors that we'd bring on board to create 10, 20 units all in one go, um, we were seeing scale of economy there. And we were just seeing that 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 um, equity growth, if you like, from the point of cost up to value, it was the best route for us. Um, yes, okay, we can buy a, a buy-to-let in the South and we can let the market dictate and grow in time and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But we were just seeing that the, the commercial conversion development approach was uh, was the way to do it. Um, so so that was really our, our approach, Mark, wasn't it? Do we still buy three-bedroom houses? Of course we do. Um, we, we tend to prefer to build them now and then refinance at the end and hold them, absolutely. Um, but, you know, from time to time we do buy you know, the BRR type approach by, by refurbish and refinance. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great, great strategy, very quick to, you know, very quick to get to your objectives. So, you know, we've, we're certainly seeing lots of traction with our, our mentees, you know, following the process. And, and I think it's, it was important uh, to us, Mark, wasn't it? That as, as part of the program, we actually um, showcase some of the case studies and our mentees because, you know, a 13-week program, there's going to be lots of content. You'll you'll learn everything you need to know, you know, to get you to that kind of start line and beyond. But <clears throat> it can be quite overwhelming, don't you think? There's a lot of detail, isn't there? Uh, there's a lot of process. But what we what we want to do is just take you through the process. And, you know, we heavily rely on our professional team to get into the nitty-gritty. But it's just to showcase the kind of things they'll be looking at. And we wanted to bring the mentees in as well, just to show you that this is doable. You know, it absolutely is doable, you know, by, by lots of people, all different backgrounds. You know, some have come in and, you know, with no construction or development experience at all. And, you know, into the second, third, fourth development already within a period of 18 months, life-changing, absolutely life-changing. You know, we love the stories that sit behind these, the reasons why they want to do this and, you know, spending more time with the family, you know, escaping the, you know, the day-to-day grind and the day job and, you know, the fear of redundancy and all these sorts of things. It's just phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So we we put this on because we, we just wanted to help as many people as we possibly could to to fulfill their dreams essentially. And, um, but we, it's important for us to showcase good examples of that, um, that it is, it is achievable by everybody. Yeah. And, um, it's probably one of the most satisfying areas uh, of what we do on a day by day basis to see the great work that our mentees are doing. And we're going to be hearing, well, you're going to be hearing, um, on the 13 week program from, um, from those that uh, have done great things. Um, but you're also going to be hearing next Wednesday from from two of our mentees. So we're going to be really looking forward to welcoming um, a couple of our mentees who are doing some most amazing things um, next Wednesday. So choose, tune in next Wednesday for the live 
uh, property portfolio. And you you now know that the podcast goes live on it on the Friday. So that draws us to an end of a, another great episode. Um, always great to get into the detail of, of the role that these parties uh, play in the process. They're there to keep the development safe. They're not there for you to work against. Embrace them, work with the systems, allow the systems to be your guide and support. Mm-hmm. But you do need that knowledge. The knowledge gives confidence. Confidence means complacency, complacency doesn't settle in and uh, will give you that assured route to those wonderful outcomes that we all seek. So we'll we'll hear more about how that comes to life through our mentees' eyes um, next week. So, Nigel, another great episode. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, well, we hope everybody has a, a fantastic week. Great day. Take care. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Property Portfolio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and that it inspired you on the next leg of your journey. If you've got any questions or comments, why not reach out to us at our Facebook page, Equa Academy. Also, don't forget to register for free access to hundreds of property development videos and templates over at equaacademy.co.uk. And we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you.